Alrighty, and welcome to the Hunter's Hub, the video game podcast born of the Monster Hunter community. And tonight we are doing one of my favorite episodes. We are wrapping up the game of the year discussion, our games of the year. Um, Sasha, welcome. I'm excited. Sorry, I'm going fast. Yep, thanks. I can hear the excitement in your voice, so I don't need to ask how you're doing. <laughs> I mean, it's been a fine week. Uh, you know, the kid... Uh, older one's sick. Emery's not sick at all. Emery is just fine. She is doing her normal screaming and singing and playing Roblox all day. So Living her best life. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, and Ace, welcome. Howdy. How's it going? Going pretty good. Thought I uh, had a fishbone in my mouth there, but I guess maybe not. Or maybe... Oh, I that's that's what that face was. We're... I was very concerned to start the episode. Is he choking? Like, was <laughs> did something happen? Does he have to run away? Like, okay. okay no, if okay. I had started choking, I would have thrown my headset off and scrambled out of the bed. Fair, fair. All right. Um. So we're. Uh, so I'm the only one who who <laughs> was able to play ten games this year, um, because this year was incredibly busy for Sasha for work and other things that happened. And Ace is um, still very much has a young child and was being a family man this year. So also didn't get to um, do a ton of games. However, I still have uh, the 10 and the honorable and dishonorable mention to talk about. We are only going to do 10 through 6 tonight. Um, but Sasha is going to supplement her list with um, her 10 through 6 is essentially going to be replaced with her 5 through 1 of books she's read. Because that's what she did get to do this year. Um, yeah. I also, just like the top five games I did play, like I have played the shit out of them. So I just didn't, oh yeah. I just didn't have time. I didn't want to play other games. That's and, fair. I mean, I went back to some oldies. Uh, in fact, recently, I've been replaying Hades this week. Um, because uh, we played Ember Nights together. Um and Ember Knights was really amazing. It's like a multiplayer Hades. And we come, Chance and I 100% it, and we're still playing it. Um, but then it was like, man, I want to play Hades again. So I started playing Hades again. And I've already killed Hades twice, I think, in my brand new, run, brand new save. So I like going back to a game sometimes. However, you do like those really long games. I sure do. <laughs> accomplished um, i feel like i got a degree in starfield this year yeah <laughs> i imagine and uh ace he has a smattering of things that he's going to be talking about so we'll 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 get a, a a lucky surprise on on whatever it is he decides to talk about so i'll start us off uh tonight since i have a game that we can follow up with the other things and then go back to a game just to sort of keep the keep the ball rolling um so first thing that we normally do is our honorable mention so quote unquote number 11 the, the game the game that you know didn't quite make the list and we still had to talk about um uh, before we get into that i do want to say um i did play a lot of games this year i don't think it was as much as last year last year was over 130 i think i i think it was 110 uh, is about what it was this, this year it was 84 wow. before PC, and then PC, I probably played another 30 games. 
So it was quite a list this year, um, but not in any particular order. Um, actually, this might be an order of me completing them, a little not quite in order. But basically, these are the games that I would consider eligible for me to talk about this year as on my list. Um, just to give people an idea in case you're like, hey, why didn't you talk about this? And you talked about this throughout the year. So my category of played enough of but didn't complete because uh, there's usually not a good ending point for it. Uh, for instance, multiplayer games like Titanfall 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Modern Warfare 3 uh, played enough of Armored Core 6. There is an end to that. Um, I played enough of it, though. Uh and then Outriders is another one that I played a lot of that I didn't finish. The completed games are Octopath Traveler 2, Forspoken, Wild Hearts, Wolong, RE4 Remake, Exoprimal, Tears of the Kingdom, Plague Tale Requiem, Final Fantasy 16, Baldur's Gate 3, Diablo 4, and I put in parentheses 100% because I did complete that 100% at the time. Uh, the Messenger, 100%, Terranil, 100%, Leap of Faith, Mortal Kombat 1, Vampire Survivors, 100%, Prince of Persia, circa 2002, uh, uh, that one. The Kingdom Rush, uh, original Kingdom Rush game, Ion Fury, Aftershock, Mario Wonder, 100%, uh, did a holy run of Dante's Inferno, Mario RPG Remake, Coromon, Bolt Gun, Slay the Spire, Ghost Runner 2, High on Life, Ember Knights, Metroid Prime Remake, and Fashion Police Squad. I just feel like I listened to the gaming version of We Didn't Start the Fire. No, okay. <laughs> he just like named Sorry. off all the games in Rapid Fire. Sorry. Came out. <laughs> um, so my honorable mention of this year uh, didn't quite make the list. He is Mortal Kombat 1. Um... I didn't play a ton of it after finishing the story. I did do a lot of the individual arcade ladders and found out their stories. But once again, Mortal Kombat hits it out of the park for the best story in a fighting game. Uh, it's not the best story I played this year. I do enjoy how it not only played with time, but played with the time timeline of Mortal Kombat saying, this is Liu Kang's idealized world. And seeing how his idealized world sounded like a paradise, but there was always little tiny things that started to unravel and they had to deal with. Um, it was interesting seeing Sub-Zero be a total asshole and terrible person. Uh, Sub-Zero is normally a good guy. Uh, we get to see why Bihan, uh, who is the original Sub-Zero, who becomes Noob Cybot in the older ones who is a bad guy uh why he's a bad guy um you get to see his true colors where he's sort of romanticized by Yang, his younger brother um and you get to see uh some some characters out of their element in different ways than normal uh for instance i really like this version of johnny cage uh who is a star on the decline in this one instead of a hot movie star uh he is like a has-been movie star and he's still like begging people to be in a movie and scripts and stuff although he's acting like he's like on top of his game uh basically selling himself uh was a really interesting take of johnny cage um 
there's a really funny scene where his home gets invaded by people who are, you know, the Mortal Kombat people. They're like, hey, we have to go save the world. And he's like, no, you're insane. Leave or I'm calling the cops. <laughs> Stuff nice. like that. Where Johnny Cage was sort of like the the sort of like grounded in reality, like this doesn't make any sense guy. Um, Cause he was like the one normal human, uh, that kind of thing. Um, it was a really good story. I really liked the characters. Uh, it was interesting to see, like I said, different aspects of people. Rain got a lot more of a, uh, a showing in this one than previous ones. Um, reptile was a, I think reptile was probably my favorite character. Um, reptile was being forced to work for the bad guys, uh, under threat of killing his family only to find out that his family had been killed all along. And he was just told that his family was being held captive. Ooh. Oh no. So when reptile learns that he immediately flips to the, to the other side and just starts going, John going Rick at people. Everyone. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Reptile was a very good story uh, in his little stint of it. Um, there was a little bit of controversy with... Um, I'm blanking on her name. She she was the Transformers girl. The first one. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Also, Megan Fox. Megan Fox uh, voicing the vampire girl. Uh, a lot of people... Natara. Um, a lot of people were unhappy with her voice performance. Apparently, it sounded like phoned in. Um, I think she sounded fine. She sounded very much not like a campy vampire, but like a very, uh, cocky, sure of himself, herself mm -hmm. person. Um, so it was a little flat on some deliveries, but I think that was intentional. So I didn't really have a problem mm -hmm. with it. It's like everything was beneath her. Cause I mean, she's a vampire. It's, it's, that makes sense to me. Like, <laughs> Like, you're going to make me fight the human? Seriously? Really? You're going to put me on the human? Why don't you give me, like, the centaur or something? Like, give me something interesting. Mm -hmm. like, nope. So, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so Mortal Kombat 1 was my honorable mention. Okay. All right. So, uh, so Ace, what about you? Um, I will get my one and only dishonorable mention out of the way. And I'm sure you already know. Okay. That would be Monster Hunter Now. I was waiting for it. Because yep, Monster Hunter Now. It very much puts uh, a bad taste in the mouth. Like the Monster Hunter movie, but not nearly or even worse, I would say. Yeah, I'd watch the movie again and then play the the cell phone game again i mean i'm still playing the game I'm... i've gotten bonborough barioth uh i have radoban and then i have yet to beat black true Diablos, signs of an but it's in there true signs of an addict i mean yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's not that good but like i play it all the time <laughs> i will never forget when it's one of those one time at band camp stories, but it's really funny. There was this kid. Uh, we, we'll go by Tui, which is last name. He was like the token, like super fat kid in mm -hmm. the band. And we were at breakfast 
and he bites into this donut and he has his face like like it was the most sour thing he'd ever tasted. And we're like, Tui, what's wrong? He's like, these donuts are terrible. And immediately takes a bite and like eats the rest of the donut. Well, I will say that similar like, to what Andrea's time, <laughs> time consuming game, uh, Merge Dragons, Monster Hunter now is a good way to. Uh, Emery plays that. Emery plays Merge Dragons. It's yes. a good way to kill and or waste time. Um, yeah. And it has the potential, or had, I guess, to be a good mobile Monster Hunter game. But where it kills it is the clear uh, favoritism towards pay to win and then, or play. Yes. Uh, it's pretty much both. Uh, and then the mm-hmm. drop rates of items because I have. Yeah, I've experimented with it so much of specifically trying to target parts and break parts, and then I've literally just shot nope. shot the monster in the face until it dies, and it doesn't matter. It's a skewed nope. a skewed roll of the dice every single time, and it doesn't matter. It it breaks other Monster Hunter game mm-hmm. logic, and that real that really doesn't sit well for for me and you and a lot of other people where. Hey, this is how we've known the series has worked forever. You cut the tail, you have a liar, not a hundred percent chance, but a higher percent chance to get a tail. Um, and that's just not the case in this game. Not a thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to say on this garbage fire? Not really. I mean, <laughs> monsters all look fine. The armor looks fine. I mean, if I want to do the nitpicky thing of like retreading the world issue of having glued on monster parts on weapons, that's there too. But that's not a yeah real big I mean, concern for me. It's based off a of world. Yeah, it's it's based off a of world, so it's using world's design, which was part of its problem, design wise. Aesthetically. That issue pales in comparison to the others. Agreed. All right. Uh, Sasha, what was your honorable mention? All right. I'm probably going to say something controversial here. Just controversial Mm. to you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My honorable mention, uh, it's honorable today, but like honestly... Any given mood I might be in, it's flip of a coin if this would have been my honorable or my dishonorable mention this year. Oh. Uh, and that's Diablo 4. Um, sure. I want to like it. Like, I do. I, I'm, It's fine. I can't say it's a bad game. I just can't get mm-hmm. into it. Like, I I, I can't. I You're don't care. You're not a demon hunter. No. Yeah. yeah, I just, like, I can't. I don't even care that I wasted my free season pass to not do a lick of it. Like, I just, like, I will play the game. I haven't uninstalled it. I know I will go back and do it when, like, all of my enjoyment in Baldur's Gate runs out, which is not going to happen for a while. And so today, Diablo 4 is on my honorable mention list because, like, I feel like I will play it. I do. 
Mm-hmm. But like every single time I sat down to play it, I would play You'd it. You'd be playing something else. Yeah, reading. yeah. Like it was just yeah. like my mind would be wandering or like I needed something else to stay engaged. Like I needed to listen to a podcast or I needed to listen to music. And Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I think that I also know that it's a Diablo game and it's going to have a 10 year like lifespan mm-hmm. and that some quality of life changes will be going into the game and uh, changes will go into the game as well. That'll make it a little different than day one Diablo four. So I'll yeah. try it again. Eventually I'll get there. Um, this is something I was telling my friends when we were playing Diablo four is only going to get better. Yeah. It's not going to get worse. It's yeah. going to get better. And as much as I was, you know, talking about this game this year, I think it was very clear that I've been paying attention to the developers pretty closely and they know what they're doing to a degree, despite people saying they don't. Um, I think they're turning what was a sour situation better. Uh, I don't think that it should have been released in this state. I will not regret being able to play it and on release. However, uh, I think the game was just fine on release and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I'll tell you right now, there's a reason why I hundred percent it and it's on the, it's eligible list and it is on my list. I'm not going to say where but it's on my list. <laughs> we know. Uh, and I will say this as much. It is not going to be talked about today. It is a next week episode. So it is in my top five, but I respect your opinion. You don't have to enjoy it as much as I did. And I know that even in the Diablo community, I'm an anomaly for how much I like this game. I really am. And that's fine uh, because I was more focused on the story and stuff. When we get to it and when I get to talk about it, I'm going to gush all over the side quests (laughs) in this game. And they're not something that you're going to particularly care for, uh, Sasha, because you're not super invested in Diablo lore like I am. Like, I don't think you might find some things cool, but you're not like you didn't you. You're not going to care if the Diablo two paladin died or not. Whereas we actually learn about the Diablo two's paladin's fate and want to. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm even seeing that some of that is happening to me in, uh, in Baldur's gate. Cause I'm not like a huge D and D person. Like, yes. uh, and, and it is set in forgotten realms, which is an established. Yeah. Setting. Like I like, didn't understand the impact of the like scene in between act one and two with like this mage, this like super important wizard. I'm like, yeah, this guy's like talking. Elminster. Too slow. Like, yeah. I'm like, come on, yes. man. Like, let's get to the next yeah, thing. And then I watched the D and D movie and I'm like, Elminster. Oh my God. I met that guy. That was a big deal. And I just was like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Elminster is supposedly the most powerful wizard ever in that <laughs> setting. Like, he is, like, the man. And, yeah. Yep. And it just was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's just. You, you know how I talk about the Dritz books and I'm a big fan of them? Mm-hmm. There's another writer that is the Elminster series. And it was the more liked one. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. I have never read them, but I am very well aware 
of, of, of his importance, at least. So, fair. Yeah, and you know what? And you don't have to engage with the same content in the same way. And I get that. So, all right. Diablo 4 is your on. I'm, I'm glad it's an honorable mention, at least, and not the dishonorable mention. Yeah. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take that W, <laughs> personally. <laughs> all righty. So, uh, off to the uh, 10 through 6 or 5 through 1 or whatever race one you, you want to call yours. Well, maybe 10 through 6 uh, for you as well, but. We'll we'll get on to uh, the the regular list for me. Uh, so number ten on my list is a late entry in the year, uh, and this is a game that was highly suggested to me by Sasha, uh, and I finished it and quite enjoyed it, which was High on Life. Um, I am a fan of single player first person shooters um, that have comedy, and while that's a rare thing. These days, uh, we don't get a ton of comedic games in general. We don't get a ton of, ton of first-person shooter single-player experiences in general anymore either. Um, the only the only one that I can talk about that is remotely fun. Two other games that are remotely funny and in the same genre is Duke Nukem 3D, which is from '98, I think, like a long time ago. And then uh, the next one is the uh, Bulletstorm Duke of Switch edition that I've talked about several times. This and is Borderlands funny. Erasure. Borderlands Erasure. Won't stand for it. It's not a single player experience. It it's is for me. Multiplayer. It was for me too. And I didn't like it because of that. But I yes. did. You are correct there is comedy in borderlands i just don't consider it a single player endeavor i think it's not it's not as linear borderlands is not near as linear linear as these games if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yep so uh, you're right they're comedic and i do like borderlands comedy i'm not a super big fan of the repetitive going through areas of respawning thing. Um, but that's a discussion for a different day. High on life was really funny. Um, the fact that they were just smoking people was really funny to me. Literally just these aliens that have like sucker hands, just, and then just their head sticking out and they're smoking a person. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Rick and Morty guys, um, but that's who did it. Um, their comedy was pretty good in this. Uh, the main gun, who is uh, the one who voices the, the same voice of Rick and Morty, but he basically sent, he just basically um, Morty. He's just the whiny one. Um, that main gun was a little annoying at times, but. I, it's fine. I guess it's the character. Um, it was it. One of the things I appreciate is it's a game that didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it it wasn't overly long. It wasn't trying to drag things out. It wasn't trying to make the same joke over and over and over again. It wasn't family guying everything. You know what I mean? Like, haha, here's a reference. Haha, here's the reference again. Haha, here's a reference the fifth time. Like, like it was not. 
like I like Family Guy to an extent. I like Seth MacFarlane. I like the Ted movies, but they they go a little far on a joke sometimes. This one was very good about letting the joke just sort of be afterwards. Um, it was amusing to me that the space restaurant was an Applebee's and everyone hated it, um, which is really funny to me. Just all the kind of stuff, uh, the humanization of all these aliens. There was literally just like, Hey, we're a super advanced civilization. No, it's just basically aliens hanging out in a city with an Applebee's. Like, it's just not that different. Uh, except the fact they were smoking people. Um, the gameplay was fun. Um, didn't have like a bunch of shoved in RPG mechanics that I didn't have to deal with, which a lot of shooters do these days. Um, yeah, it was fairly competent game that was funny. Um, and I, I mentioned this on another episode. It was really funny to me that the whole movie, Taming the T-Rex, was was watchable. <laughs> um, and there was a poster for it. I was like, oh, Taming the T-Rex. Wow, I've seen a poster for that. Or I've seen that movie. I've, I've watched it. It was one of the few movies I watched when I had Shudder. Because <laughs> I'd heard about it, and it was just, it's a terrible movie. It's not good. Um, but I watched it. And there it is on the TV. And you can just watch it with the alien guy. It's really funny. D- they have a whole movie on. And I- I'm just blown away the why no one else did it. But apparently they, get- they did. So here we are. Number 10. High on life. And um, I will preface for listeners, this isn't necessarily the these things came out this year. It's what we interacted with this year. I think High on Life is a couple years old now. I think it came out right at the end of last year. Did it? Okay. Yeah, like I, I don't. I'm pretty sure it wasn't this year though. I think because I feel like it dropped like December and Game Pass. Want to say in 2022. I can't be wrong. It's hard to uh, it's hard to tell post COVID because uh, well, yeah, it dropped December thirteenth, twenty twenty two. Look uh, at me, man. Yeah, you were spot on. Yeah, so just before the year started that we're talking about, I understand it's twenty twenty four. I got it. We're reviewing twenty twenty three. Um, so yeah, just the end of the year previous. Nice call. All right, Ace, what's, uh, what's the first on your list? Number 10, five, what, wherever we're going with, with yours. I'll start from the bottom of the list. Uh, there is Homebody, the, uh, Game Grump scam that, uh, Jory Jory developed. Uh, I haven't gotten too far in it, mm-hmm. but from what I've played, I've had a decent amount of fun of, of it, getting uh, introduced to all the characters and starting to investigate things around the house and sort of getting a sense of who the main yeah, character is. Yeah, I watched... Yeah, I watched the, uh, the... They only did two episodes on Game Grumps of it. I watched them. Uh, it seemed like a fairly decent game i'm not really into horror games so we know <laughs> my interaction with it would have been the game grumps doing it and that's it like i'm not i'm not gonna be playing that myself yeah uh hopefully i'll be able to have 
more time to get into it because I do want to finish the game since, you know, mm-hmm. I've played through most of Dream Daddy, and that was another game that they put out. <laughs> um, so I yep. do want to finish that one eventually. I think I, own, I think I own Dream Daddy. I think I've played a bit of it, mm-hmm. too. Interesting uh, da- dating sim where you're playing uh, single gay fathers, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it only works for me on on the single father bit, but <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, home. Anything else to say, or just not too much? Like I said, I haven't okay. I haven't been able to play much this year, so. Sort yeah, of the fair enough. bottom ten are I, sort of stuff that I've touched but haven't gotten too far into. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, because I mean that's the issue that we that we that we had tonight is that you guys didn't have time to play a full ten, whereas I was like, I've got twenty seven games that that I could talk about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I but I cut it down obviously. And no one wants to listen to me rant about all 27 games in one day. No. So, all right. Um, Homebody. I don't know. Maybe if I ever get into it, I might play it. Because it's a puzzle game, essentially. Puzzles and figure out the mystery and go forward. So. Who's killing yeah. everyone? Right. All right, Sasha, what's, uh, what's the first book on your list? All right, so, I mean, I really did have time to play more than five games, but I read a lot, and I reinvigorated my mm-hmm. my love for reading in this last year. Yeah. Um, I still didn't read as much as I used to read, like, before grad school and before I had a kid, um, but yeah. I, I really stepped up my game, so I read 24 books this year with finishing the last book on the last day of the year. Um, and I've been reading so much that even my kid is like imitating me. She's like crawling in bed and like getting some candy and getting a book and sitting next to Mm -hmm. me and she can't read, but she has all the confidence of a person who can read. And (laughs) so, um, I narrowed my list down to the top five books I read. Um, According to my reading apps that I use, I like to read dark shit, dark, mysterious, (laughs) and adventurous things that are fast or medium paced and around 300 pages long. (laughs) So, um, which is is specific. Okay. I love these apps, man. And you know, like I'm a data person. I love, I'm a data based decision maker. So I just thought it was really cool to kind of see a whole year's worth of reading filtered through the lens. But um, of the books that are on my list, uh, I would say, yeah, um, most of them were around 300 pages, except for um, the fantasy books, because fantasy books are usually like 700 to 1,000 pages. So number five is a fantasy book. was the first book I read this uh, of 2023, which was Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin. Um, and that was, yeah. it is the like 
it's not House of the Dragon. It's just what, what like inspired House of the Dragon, because Fire sure. and Blood is written like, like it's a textbook from Westeros. So it's oh. it's written. So we're talking like the Cimmerillion equivalent, kind of, but not boring okay. as shit. So like it's it has three okay. different perspectives. Um, three different writers, I guess. So you have like a maester who, so like that, those are very much written like historical textbook style. And then you have one that's written by like, I think just like kind of like a storyteller or like the equivalent of a bard. Um, And these ones are a little bit more like gossipy. Um, And then there's one that's written by like a court, like gesture and a drunk. Um, And these are like salacious, like, this is where you get the descriptions oh. of like, um, of Rhaenyra being very thick of the waist after having children, and like, yes. um, how much of her drinking problem was an issue, and, and like the gritty details that go into sure. House of the Dragon. So, um, between the three, the they kind of like braid the excerpts together to give you a full historical timeline of the Targaryen dynasty. So like right before the Targaryens and Aegon the Conqueror went to Westeros and then how they conquered Westeros and became the Seven Kingdoms. Um, Which was really, it's really cool. Um, And I read it because I, we had that writer strike going on. I didn't think we were going to get like the next season of House of the Dragon for a while um and so i needed to know i needed to know what was going to happen um and then now i know what's going to happen and i'm heartbroken a little bit uh but i'm still really excited i remember you talking about that at the time Mm -hmm. yeah i'm still really excited about season two though because like it it's just so well it, it is very well cast um I think that they're doing a lot more with their budget and with House of the Dragon than what they did with early seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm super, okay. super excited for season two because I've finished this book, but like I may be budgeting some PTO for like a recovery day because I know there's about to be some like really traumatic shit in the next season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could schedule PTO. That's not a thing. Not that I work a ton, but like, yeah. Like I, when I've tried to request like, hey, dad, I'd really like to not work this day because this game's coming out. And he's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like we're going. Okay. <laughs> like. Like, it's just not a thing. <laughs> okay. All right. So what was the title of the book? I, I missed that. It's called Fire and Blood. Fire and Blood. Okay. All righty. And while you were talking about it, I looked up what I have read this year. I finished four books, started two, not going to finish one of them, and then, no, started three, and then am going to finish the other two. Just haven't got around to it. Which includes Jurassic Park by 
Michael Crichton. I I might read that this year. I I, I have other plans. It's good. Though. I have other plans though because like I I'll get to it because it's on my list. But like I feel like I joined a cult. Um, I'm like obsessed with, with these the, with these books with like a certain yeah. author, a new author that like yeah. It's probably going to consume my reading list this year. I'm trying to make it not, but it probably will. I mean, fair. I mean, when I, whenever I found a series, I would read all of that series that was out. It's what I did with Dungeon Crawler, Carl, and um, Hard Luck Hank. Like, it, both of them I've read. Uh, I'm Actually, there's one Dungeon Crawler Carl and one Hard Luck Hank that I haven't listened to, but I haven't been listening to a lot. So they're on my list. So, okay. Um, all right. So I guess it's time for number nine for me. Uh, a number nine for me was a game that I was just earlier this year excited for, super into I had recently played uh, an emulator to play the original version, uh, and that is the R- Mario RPG remake. I love Mario RPG and the Seven Stars. I have always it's one of my favorite RPGs because one of the things I didn't like as a kid when people were trying to show me Final Fantasy is like literally you're just taking turns hitting each other. That makes no sense. <laughs> like, however, um. As I'm older, I understand those mechanics a little better, and I am okay with that. Um, But Mario RPG did a little thing called Timed Hits, where you actually, if you're a Pokemon fan or anything, when you do that little down and B when the Pokeball hits, and it's like a higher, that placebo higher higher chance to catch the Pokemon, um, Super Mario RPG literally does that. If you hit A or B, when you're being attacked or attacking on perfect timing, you will block the attack. You will do double damage. And the remake is done super well. They changed nothing about the story. They updated the art style. Um, they kept all the secrets, all the little things in there, and they made the game easier, which was already pretty easy. So it went by faster, which was not a bad thing. Um, it, it, if you want a challenge, though, which I did play on classic difficulty, which was the hard mode, um, which was still easier um, because now when you do a timed hit, instead of it just doing extra damage on the one enemy, it now does extra damage with the amount of extra damage from the uh, base attack. So like if you would have normally hit for 10 and you did 15, the extra damage is also applied to every other enemy in the fight, which made fights go by a lot quicker so you did five damage to everyone else as well it was uh quite uh quite interesting because like you took this this traditional rpg that 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 was you know it was a little untraditional because of the time tits and that kind of thing and then you just leaned further into that and made it even more streamlined i'm a fan i'm gonna be honest like i'm a fan of just making it's not like the fights are meant to be hard it's not like they're meant to challenge you in some sort of like terrible grind. They just realize like, hey, we're just having fun. Have fun. Bye. Like, it wasn't meant to be a super big challenge. So, uh, but they said, hey, if you want the super big challenge, here's the super hard difficult, 
extra beefed up boss fight rush mode, which I didn't do because I'm not looking for a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and they added in some other mechanics and stuff too that also made it easier and more streamlined and updated. And it was just like, yeah, it's just great. I love it. And I played it. I beat it. And I was done within a week. And I was like, cool. I loved it. Great. Bravo. And that's it. <laughs> it's a great game. If you've never played the old one, play the new one. The new one's great. So you get to see Bowser cry just as much. Uh, they changed nothing about how Bowser is super emotional in this game. Nice. <laughs> so funny. He's got uh, self-esteem issues because they stole his castle. It was really funny. Interesting. So, yep. Uh, so next one for you, Ace. Uh, that is Star Wars Republic Commando. Another game that I played a little bit of it. Mm. And I got part of the way through, what, almost to the end, I think, of the Geonosis Siege. Which I don't think is too far, but... Yeah. I still liked playing what I did of it. I mean, Attack of the Clones is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Really? Controversial okay. take. Yeah. I, mean, I like all of Star Wars in general. But, like, Attack okay. of the Clones is probably one of my favorite. And, I mean, like, the Clone Wars era is just really good in general, I think. And especially when you add in uh, the animated shows as well. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, for sure. I'm just surprised that Attack of the Clones is your favorite. One of my favorites. That blows me away. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I heard heard you say your favorite. favorite, And I was like, I've never heard anybody say that ever. Yeah, I know. It's not the favorite of mine. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Sure. Lately, I've been bordering more towards The Last Jedi being my favorite. Just because it pisses <laughs> people off so fucking much. <laughs> I was going to say, are you just trolling people right now? <laughs> I mean, I do really like <laughs> The Last Jedi. I think a lot of the hate is overblown on it. I mean, I, I, I loved The Last Jedi, but like, I'm also not like... I'm not a Star Wars person, so like I, I wasn't, you know, like oh, that's not my Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> are you like the? I feel called. Are out. you like the? <laughs> are you like the Fox News host that apparently likes Star Trek? Throws up her gang sign backwards. Yeah, no, I don't even want to talk about that because she's not a Trekkie. Like, how are you going to say that you don't like Star Wars because it's woke and then? cite the most woke <laughs> science fiction ever. Well, that's why, Are you that's serious? why I said oh, yeah. today, I think I commented on a post on Twitter being like, I'm pretty sure they just did that She's as, just a, like, Peace as out. a lie, as a way to you know, <laughs> play the politics game with that, not even yeah. having the writer who put that out there put in the effort or put in the person who said, you're going to say this, put in the effort to realize that, you know, Inigo Montoya. They didn't even don't think that means what you think it means. They didn't even tell her to like do it correctly. Like she didn't even like she flashed the back of her hand. She did it backwards. 
She lived long and prospered herself. She like John cena herself. She, I used to watch this YouTuber when he did a pun. He he was like, that was terrible. He would just flip himself off. Just That's like kind of what she did. <laughs> yeah, no, she did. And like, I'm in a couple of Star Trek shit posting groups. And like, oh, they're, they've been lighting her that. up. Yeah, yeah they oh, sure yeah. have. Nice. My dad's a Trekkie, not me. Um, I, I can't. I can't. I tried. I really did. I tried to watch the next generation all the way through. I got to the, it is the best one. And that's why I tried to watch it all the way through. And then I got to the last season and I was like, if I have to see another episode of Worf and his stupid fucking kid, I'm going to go insane. Like his kid. (laughs) No one cares. (laughs) You're like, oh man, Wesley finally grows up, and then you just get another kid. <laughs> Jeez, I hated, I hated his kids. It's like it reminds me of the Red Dead kid, right? Like Red Dead Redemption, his John Red? Marsden's kid. Is that his name, Red, or something? No, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I stopped I thought playing. It was Jamie. I don't know. I just quit playing. You know, after they did my boy. Like that. I should have. I really should have quit <laughs> playing because that's what makes me hate the game is the last 10% where you have to play that whiny little bitch. I hate him. Like, it's not even, it's not even like Anigo Montoya, like, you killed my father, prepare to die. He's like, you killed my dad and, he, and I'll go and get you guys for it. And <laughs> like, no. <laughs> oh, wow. We took a real real side sidetrack on yeah. this one but and then uh <laughs> star wars rebels adds a little bit of sadness to the uh geonosian siege and the whole what the planet went through yeah because of the uh indigenous life forms the the bugs oh yeah i guess i never really considered that the the indigenous life forms were the bugs mm-hmm. yeah they had their own society and it was uh, forever altered because of Dooku and the war Mm-hmm. it's nice that they show that because uh, yeah they just didn't they just glossed over that in the movies I mean they sure. glossed over a lot I mean I have here and there been listening to the novelization of Revenge of the Sith and they they really give a lot of detail to uh, Dooku and mm-hmm. what he went through during the fight, the fight before he died. Yeah. And I don't think they really okay. conveyed that uh, comparatively too well in the movie, but I mean, you only have so much time to get a story across M- in the movie. Movies don't. Yeah. Movies, movies are a very focused thing. As much as they are two and three hours long, they are a focused experience for a certain story. Mm-hmm. Like, they're great. They can do a lot of things, and they're really fun to watch. But, like, if you want in-depth and detailed analysis, the uh, movie's not for you. Go for yeah. the book. And you really like, need to watch the animated Clone Wars because, uh, let me tell you, Order 66 feels a lot different after watching 
the last season of animated Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It it does. Um, and another thing that handles that very, very well is the uh, Jedi Fallen Order and mm-hmm. Fallen Kingdom. Like, they handle that event very well as well. Survivor? Oh, Survivor. Sorry. Because you said Fallen Order and then you said Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom, which I'm like, Jurassic Park? Fallen, Fallen Kingdom is Jurassic Park. You're right. I'm like... That wasn't in space. That's the one that everyone <laughs> hated, except for me, because that was the Resident Evil in Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Fallen Kingdom is not that. Fallen Order and Survivor. There you go. They handle Order 66 very well. Although I am kind of tired of hearing about Order 66 in the Star Wars universe. It's been like the focus of the last 20 years of the story. So it feels well, like. more so Skywalker, but yeah, with Order 66, I would say is the close second yeah true okay uh anything else to say with uh was it republic commando commander commando commando yeah another thing that was in uh the bad batch they have commandos in there and i don't think they had it anywhere anywhere else that i can recall in the animated shows but neither here nor there but yeah i need to play play more of that I need to advance past the uh, swarming bugs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think we were just all sidetracked by uh, Attack of the Clones yeah. being your favorite Star Wars movie. I might have to make it my favorite now just because you guys are so now. hung up on it. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I will say right now, mine is still Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You were Which, my brother, Bananakin. That's my favorite. Oh, did you get oh side not to sidetrack us even more, but did you see that uh, there was a fan group animator, whichever, that completely like redid the Mustafar fight with the Clone Wars mm-hmm. animation style? No, that sounds cool. You should look it up after. It's pretty pretty good. Moving okay. on. I might next, do that. Next game. Sasha, go. Oh, it was a well, book, book, but yeah. No, um, game. We're game. All right. It might be the darkest thing I read this year, um, but it was so good. And I feel like I need to take back like every bad thing I've ever said about this author. Um, so number four is Misery mm. by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I can't say enough good things about this book and my, my paperback copy passed hands through like a handful of my technicians after I read this book. So I'm like, you need to read this fucked up shit. Here you go. Read this. I'm sending it along. Um, <laughs> so I actually just got it back. Like when I came back to work from COVID. Um, yeah. This Thanks. book, first of all, the movie I think does is a beautiful, like amazing adaptation but what you cannot get in the movie that is in the book is how addicted to the painkillers that paul sheldon is and how like the constant inner battle is over like the will to live and the will to comply and go along with what she has got going on because he is so addicted to the painkillers um and it's like it's an allegory for 
what Stephen King was going through in his own personal life at the time that he was writing it because he was so heavily addicted to drugs and alcohol when he was writing Interesting. it. Um, it is it is all told through Paul Sheldon's um, first-person perspective, um, and you just feel so powerless the whole time that you're reading because, you know, you're stuck in the bed with him. Um, Mm -hmm. and even as he's like doing his Rocky montage to prepare to battle, um, Annie, he still like has quite a few setbacks that I just don't think, I don't, I don't think that they're part of the movie or it gets like rushed through. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a really intense look at addiction, um, and then when Annie goes totally feral, when the police start showing up and like, um, and he actually does start fighting her, like the movie is boring compared to what goes on in that book. My husband was like, Hey, come here. And I was like, no, 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 stop. Don't talk to me. I, I need to like get through all of this. I was holding my face. Like I, I could not believe the fight scene between Annie and Paul Sheldon what Annie does to the police officers, the state troopers that come, because that's not in the movie either. Hmm. Gory, disgusting. Oh, it's so good. And you also get a really (laughs) excellent depiction of um, depression, like, and possibly bipolar disorder, because Annie is, Annie is suicidal at one point is super, super, super depressed and goes from like her like persona Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. like sitting in a robe, just like drinking two liters of Coke and eating a bunch of snacks and watching TV on 24 hour loop and like just stops taking care of Paul. And he's like shifts gears from like, I need to like make her want to live. And he hates her so much, but he needs her to live because his life is so tied to her that and his addiction is so tied to her it's it's so good i i just think everybody should read that book and every bad thing that i've ever said about stephen king being like a rambling asshole i take it back because that book did not waste any anything like none of it felt rambling none of it felt like fluff it was so well done interesting yeah. I, uh, that sounds intense. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I read it during, uh, I think I read it at the end of September. Um, it was during spooky season and it, it was my favorite book I, uh, I read during that time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. There, so what, when you were describing there, obviously I, I don't, I haven't read a book like that. I, I think the only book that would really fit, this genre that you said you've attached to is the, on the savage side, the one set here in my hometown, um, that I stopped reading because it was too dark. Um, (laughs) I might finish it one day. I don't, I don't know, but, um, it reminded me of a lot of the Salvatore books. There's a, there's a lot of, it's one of the criticisms that they have is there's a lot of lead up to a big fight. Right. There's a lot of lead up of the story of like all the different players coming together 
and then you have this huge battle, and then the book, the then you have like the the wind down of the book ends, and that's kind of the formula that he has going on in these books. Um, it doesn't always go that way, um, but it's also like Rocky. Like Rocky's a lot of build up to one fight, and then yep, it goes away, and. It obviously works. It's also obviously a very good formula because a nearly all of the Rocky movies and Creed movies are amazing following this formula. Only Rocky five falls short in my opinion um, out of six Rocky movies and three Creed. So nine movies, one of them falls a little flat and it's still very needed for the Rocky story because Rocky six is fucking amazing and you need Rocky five for six to work. Um, and then the Salvatore books follow this sort of formula where there's fights in between, you know, their adventures and that kind of thing. But like the big fight, like Drist versus Artemis and Trary, you like the big players, like that is where it's happening. And it sounds like this big fight has been building in this book the whole time. Yes. But you don't really kind of understand it's going that way. Cause like, you're just like, what's going to happen it's, versus. Yeah. Because you kind of feel like there's, there's a breaking point and it happens in the movie too, where she, she makes him burn his manuscript um, and this is at the point where he decides, like, even though he is so addicted to the pills, like, he is going to kill her. Like, he changes wow. his mind from, like, I just want to escape to I am going to kill her. Um, yeah. And then he waxes and wanes on this because she goes through this, like, depressive episode. Um and he gets really sick because he gets caught. And then, you know, there's punishments for getting caught for the shit he was doing. Um, yeah. But ultimately, like, he gets back on the track of, like, he is going to kill her. And he goes through a series of steps that he plans. It's premeditated murder. Like, it's not, it is not like a crime of passion. He full-blown, yeah. like... He he has to because he's at the disadvantage. She's much bigger in the book than she is in the movie too. Like she is a very big woman. Um, she mm. picks him up with like one hand, no problem. Um, That's scary. Yeah. So he it's scary for any situation. He he would have been at a disadvantage with his working legs. Yeah. Sort of like a mm. Brienne of Tarth. Kind of, but she's very overweight, and it, I think that it goes back to like the um, whatever her mental disorder is. She it includes like serious binge eating. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So. Keep in mind, I've never seen the movie either, so th this is all new to me. <laughs> oh my god! Is... Well, the movie is also like it's classic and it's excellent, and I think. I can see why you know, Stephen King complains about a lot of his movie adaptations, but Misery is one that he really likes. And it is, I think, as faithful an adaptation as you could possibly get, save mm. for the addiction stuff. I think they watered it down a little bit because I, I, I'm not sure how you could do much better, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, if you want to see a movie uh, about an eating addiction, The Whale does it really well. The have you seen the whale? Not yet. 
That he goes on a binge eat because he gets really upset at one point. I didn't want to eat pizza for like three weeks. It was just utterly disgusting. And the way they did it was just, I, I get it. I get how that happens. Like, I get that it was a problem. He basically, and, and, and me, who is an overweight person, has never considered putting a pizza slice on top of a pizza slice covered with butter. I just, I've never considered this. What? But that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never even seen that on 600 pound life and I've seen like 14 seasons of that show. <laughs> no, it was, it was something. You know how people do like the fold and then they'll eat it. Right. Yeah. It's like pizza slice on pizza slice folded and he put like mayonnaise or butter or so- no. something on it. And then just chomped it. I was going to get sick watching ranch. that. I, it like, like it was might've been ranch. Took a bottle and just, like super squeezed it onto it. I mean, it's basically like yeah. I would argue it's a suicide attempt because like well yeah of how much I, he is like slamming back. It's not just like he's upset. I think it's like he's definitely trying oh no no to no, kill no. it's it's a huge it's a huge scene yeah it's a huge scene and it's disgusting. It's like oh what like. I don't binge eat. Like, it's not, not a problem I have. But, like, that that is, like, well, I'm never going to binge eat now. Like, that, this is this is not a thing that I am ever going to do. This is utterly horrifying. Like, it was... Mm-hmm. I've never seen a scarier food scene in my life. Uh, and that's kind of what it's, what, what it's reminding me of. It's, like, something, like, just that off the wall. You're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so it's misery, right? Misery, yep. Wow. I can't say that I will be reading that book. <laughs> you should watch the movie, though. You should. I, I feel like it's, we'll see. it's also a slice of Americana. Isn't oh, it, uh, Kathy? Okay. <laughs> yes. Look what you made me do. Of course, it's Kathy Bates. You gotta get to the hobbling scene, which is a million times worse in the book. Like, oh my God, she does not just break his ankles mm-hmm. in the book. I thought we were going to be talking about foosball, Bobby. No. Because that's where I know her from. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. All right. All right. So, Misery. Moving right along into wanton gore and violence, uh, which I'm more comfortable with, <laughs> is uh, it's actually a D. Yeah, it, it's a DLC uh, or an expansion, I would say, to a game that I finished quite a while ago. It took me a long time to finish, too. I played it a little over the years, but I just delved in and like went through this all the, like start to finish. The only thing I played for a couple days, uh, Ion Fury Aftershock. So, again, I like first-person shooters. It's a boomer shooter. You know, it's that same single-player experience I talked about high on life. This one's not as funny, although um, <laughs> Bombshell Shelly is, uh, is the character's name. Shelly has some really funny one-liners at times. Um 
she's this like I, I've talked about her uh, before because I, I talked about Ion Fury uh, uh, another year. I think it was it made my list. Um, but aftershock, uh, it's just basically an expansion and more levels and stuff. But they introduce a motorbike. They introduce uh, this hover bike that is like a helicopter motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a motorcycle frame with like a drone four bl- blades helicopter beneath it. Uh, and it's super fast. And you go through the, the, the initial levels and the, the, like level one of the, the expansion is getting the hover bike. Um, and Shelly is, you know, like we'll say macho one liner, like, you know, like we're like, action hero level like heroine uh, that you're playing. There's not a lot of like emotional stuff in the game. It's all explosions and guns and whatnot. She has an outright just like emotional experience crying when she wrecks the bike and it's unsalvageable. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like crying. And you're like, this is the only time I've ever got a glimpse of her crying or being in, in some way vulnerable emotionally. And then she figures out that you can take the rail gun off of the bike and use it as a thing. And immediately she's back. She's like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I will say that thing is busted. I beat the rest of the game with that gun. And they give you a lot of ammo for it. So the final boss, like, I was having troubles with it. I was like, oh, wait, I have the bite gun. I didn't try that. Won the final boss without taking damage immediately. Like, it was just... It was a good DLC. It was fun. Um, I really like the character. I really like the game. She's really funny. The one-liners are still great. They're all new ones. Um, There's one... So there's a couple of liners like they're they're quippy, but then there's ones that are like not quippy. Like you blow someone up and she just goes shit. Like she's like, mm-hmm. I did not expect to blow that guy to pieces. One of my favorite ones though is I walked into a room and I just sort of like, you know, reaction fired hit hit the guy in the face with a crossbow. She's like, you're gonna need more than a plastic surgeon for that, buddy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. You're right, Shelly. <laughs> so I I had a lot of fun. It was a nice romp, um, and it was quick. And another thing is, like, I like a lot of games. Um, one of the games that I, I listed that isn't on my list, uh, and, and part of the reason why it's not, same kind of thing, Bolt Gun. It's the Warhammer one. Bolt Gun is a game that entirely overstays its welcome. It's way too long, way too grindy. Like, sure, if you're enjoying the game, if it's long, you're going to enjoy it. But there's a point where a game can, even if it's enjoyable, overstay its welcome. And Bolt Gun, to me, is is a perfect example of that. Even though Bolt Gun's a boomer shooter, and I love most of those, and I actually like a lot of things about Bolt Gun, way too long. Way too, way too much. Way too many annoying enemies. They make it more difficult and more difficult. And they start throwing enemies at you. They're just absolutely annoying and you don't want to deal with them and like oh look they made it harder but they threw three of them at me instead of one and yada yada and this game is just nope let's just have fun it gets more difficult but it's not 
you're not throwing bullet sponges at you. You're throwing interesting situations. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that, that older boomer shooters do well is that you don't have to make an, uh, a game more interesting by throwing more advanced and bigger enemies at people. You just place them better and put them in different situations that are more tactically difficult instead of like, here is big monster a that takes 15 minutes to shoot with a gun. Like I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Like I, I'm okay with guns and games, but like when, when you start making something that can take 17 rocket launchers, I'm just, I'm not here for it. I gotta go. Looks like Ace has got something going on. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Ion Fury Aftershock. I was kind of wrapping up, so we'll just go ahead and go with your uh, your next book. All right, uh, Sasha. Um, so the next one is called Slewfoot: A Tale of Bewitchery by uh, Brom, who is a. That's just what the author goes by, Brom. Um, mm-hmm. Brom writes a lot of like historical fiction, um, sure. and he does his own illustrations. So a lot of whatever he writes um, in the middle, like, will it be hand drawn pictures of the characters and the monsters that he has added okay. to his stories. So I actually read two books by him this year. I did not love Krampus the way that I loved Slewfoot. I will say that. Mm. So Slewfoot is about this woman named Abatha who lives in colonial New England. And she is recently widowed um, and she gets accused of being a witch. And she's not a witch. Oh, boy. Until she meets this creature in the woods named Slewfoot who gives her the powers to get her revenge on the town that if you're going to call me a witch... Then I'll be one. Be a witch. Um, And what ensues is um, a pretty graphic tale of violence. Um, They try to burn her at the stake. They uh, she gets her she gets her her revenge. Um, Slewfoot. It's very much along the lines of the witch, the movie, the witch. I don't know yeah. if you've seen that, but there's like this whole "Would you like to live deliciously?" thing. Um, uh, Black Billy, right? Yes. Uh. Uh. Black. No. Uh. Black Philip. Philip. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. And uh, he is. He kind of he. It, it starts off that way because Slufit keeps showing up as like an animal. Um, but then yeah. he fully reveals himself to her and is like, hey, like they are going to kill you. They're going to burn you at the stake. They're going to ruin your name. Like They're going to do all this stuff. So you might as well like live deliciously. Right. And she's like, you know what? Yeah. Because the other part that's cool about Abatha is um, Abatha is not a Puritan. Abatha was sold to the Puritans by her father um, for, the, for the dowry that was offered or something like that. So she's like really having, yeah. And she was really having a hard time living the Puritan lifestyle, but she was having a go at it because her husband was really kind to her. He was, um, he had like a, a, 
think he had like a lame foot or something. So like he wasn't, yeah. he was not respected in the community, but he, and he wasn't respected cause he didn't, you know, didn't keep his wife in line. He was kind to her. Yeah. So, um, when Goodness he died, gracious. when he died, you know, like she really was heartbroken about it. And then this, mm-hmm. the town like decides that they're, they don't really want to deal with her heretic her. ways. And, uh, yeah, so it was very much a good for her book. Um, and I <laughs> loved it. And I, it made me really disappointed that I didn't like Krampus as much. Um, sure. I mean, you don't like everything from a creator, right? That, that yeah. doesn't just because they did, you know, they can either have misses or you can just have one hit that you like, right? Krampus had a lot of good qualities about it. It had, I just did not like the ending and where I really liked Abatha as a main character in Slewfoot, I could not stand white trash Jesse in Krampus. He is just a redneck mm-hmm. and like not a good person. And like, I think we were supposed to like, like him and feel bad for him and feel like he was down on his luck. And I'm just like, no, I feel like you're kind of a contributor of your circumstances, man. I don't really, yeah. I don't really like you, Jesse. Fair. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, so Brom. Brom. Who. You may enjoy, you may enjoy some things This sounds like something, that's, this sounds like something I might enjoy. He wrote, he's got another, a couple on my radar. Another one I want to read is called The Child Thief, and it's supposed to be a dark take on Peter Pan. Oh, that's terrible. Blinky? No. So. I knew you were up to something. That's why I was off camera. I knew she was trying to do something. (laughs) No. And actually, I don't know, you may enjoy uh, Krampus more than I, because remind me again, uh, your tribe? The Shawnee. I think that one of the... I think one of the Indians um, is Shawnee, who's like one of Krampus's, like, I don't know, like, sprites, I guess. They're they're like his little demon. Bellsnickles, that's what they're called. Bellsnickles. And one of the Bellsnickles, I think, is Shawnee. And there's another, or there's two, I think. Hmm. So... Well, I mean, there's nothing about Krampus and our tribe stuff, so this is no, no, no. He just is. he just found them in the wilderness, um, like nearly oh, gotcha. dying, and he turns them, and then they his bell snake will stay with him. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. So they're his underlings. Yes. Understood. Yeah, I might I might take a take a listen to it. Um, yeah, I like. I've got a couple books that I want to get through, like the the two series that I've been keeping up with. It's not that I'm not excited to to listen to them. It's just like if I have time to play something, yep. well, one, I've been doing Supernatural uh, while playing something, but also I've been doing a lot of multiplayer with Chaunce again. So And and the uh, local Chilgothi people, Bobby and Trevor, and... Um, I've been quite enjoying it. I mean, there's something, some nights that I kind of bow out. We started playing this game called Core Heart, and it's like, 
I don't know, like a 2D Minecraft. And I'm just, I'm not into it. <laughs> they are, but I, I'm not. Like, we, we beat a couple bosses. Uh, it's a, not really Minecraft, but little along those lines where it's just like, hey, here's some nebulous goals. Then you craft a bunch of stuff and get materials and increase your equipment and stuff. And I was just like, eh, I'm kind of out. So uh, everything good, Ace? We we uh, we skipped you. There was a uh, poop so emergency. Could... I kind of I guessed. I guess well, a poop there was explosion. A loud bang at first, so I was initially concerned a that poop there. Poop explosion? There. No, I initially thought there might have been a uh, maybe fallen situation. Dropping situation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Turns okay. Out he was just well pooping without a diaper on. Oh so, no! It, it was oh, it was okay. Hot before it was able to uh, make its way to the floor, and it was pebbly. So if it had, oh. it would have been uh, easy cleanup. But yeah, <laughs> we have fun I've, times. I've the okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I like. I don't. I had kids, and I, that was never a situation with me. That was never a possibility. They had something on all the time. Well, he was uh, naked, so I believe he Escaping. might have just gotten a bath, which would make sense because uh, get real relaxed. Was, well, that and uh, uh, just had dinner too. Oh, so. girls. Girls just loved their baths as babies. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they loved. They still, only just now, within the past, I would say three months, they're they like resisting taking a bath or a shower. And then once they're in, they don't want to get mm-hmm. out. Like they're just having a good time. But like, nice. Well, I only have a shower here. I don't have a bath. Yeah. And they they much prefer that. So thankfully, was not a. Especially Pile situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, the thump is the immediately concerning part because, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't want the kid to get hurt. So, um, Sasha just uh, told us about the Slewfoot, uh, which was a book she was. It's basically reading. the it witch. Good. Yeah, oh. it's basically the witch. Or um, the witch, as a lot of people like to call yeah. it. The yeah. The witch. Yeah. Would thou like to live deliciously? Yeah. Which I do say. Like Me too. The taste of butter. Yeah. So. Uh, and she did. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your uh, next one, Ace, that we skipped over. What is that Let me for you? pull up my notepad. Uh, that would be Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Really? Okay. So that is one that... Every now and then. That was another thump. <laughs> I don't hear any crying, so I think we're okay. Uh, back on topic. Uh, throughout the year, I would just hop on at random times and then uh, go and yeah. join online lobbies and Play some hunts and, you know, see what was out there and help out with what I could. 
try to see if I could get some of the yeah. uh, specific quests and sets done. I think uh, just last night I did one, and I uh, was able to, maybe the night before, I don't know, whichever it was, I did another Adalkan. I got the uh, a piece that I was missing to upgrade one of the Adalka great swords. Okay. Or at least the nice. other one that uses Adalka parts. I'm not sure if it was a village version or something like that. Or like the guild version. Do you just do your normal thing where you just play a slew of different weapons and just pick up what you feel like at the time? Or were you maining something in this one? Uh, I mean, I've been... It's still my original save file from Generations Ultimate. Um, and it's just been yeah. great sword. Okay. But on that one, I did swap back and forth a lot between great sword and insect glaive. Sure. I mean, I was all a great, uh, all adept great sword. Mm -hmm. I, I just love the dodge. I just, I can't help it. Yeah. Makes sense. So many good plays too, which I don't have them anymore. I need to sort of like save them from uh, the switch on Amory's system. Yeah. And then uh, I don't think going aerial insect glaive enhanced my Frenchness. No. No. You know I don't like that meme. Please don't. No. I am part French, I had though, too many so. people. Sure. I get it. I mean, my mom's... Mom's mom's side is French. Mm -hmm. So. We're, we're all mutts. That's what I like to say. Everyone's a mutt. That might be taking a bit too far. I don't know. <laughs> mm. I don't know many people that are uh, solely from one culture. <laughs> my my dad's uh, my dad's ancestry DNA thing said we are all, like pretty white, like like ninety five percent like. Mm -hmm. Like right, European but, white, like right, but English and French heritage are different things. Even if you know, oh, I'm no, not, like we're talking like three countries, like three I, countries yeah. white, like England, Scandinavian, like like I, I could not be more white. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the exact context, but on my Facebook memories today, uh, a quote came back from one of my former roommates and her quote was uh, white people are like Pomeranians. We've had our usefulness bred out of us. Yeah. That is I mean, unfortunate. I can't remember the context I, yeah. but I remember it was funny at the time. I'm like I'm like the oh. I'm so white that I've spent so much money on my like orthodontics and teeth because like colonizer blood my teeth all grew all over my face and yeah oh what's that there's like nothing Jesus. it's like not and i think it's like the fun like one percenter white like i just got yeah, like you didn't, you didn't have in, the half, inbred you almost have inbred the levels of white you didn't have the Habsburg jaw <laughs> yeah. oh boy 
I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, look, I am Shawnee. Like, that is a thing. And a lot of it, I do identify mostly as Shawnee because that's how I was raised. But obviously, you know, also white. It's not like I'm one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, it was, it was always impressed upon me as a kid how much we had to, like, sort of, like, emphasize the native part of us because no one would believe us because I am what they call white, white passing. passing. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean like I, the beard doesn't help. Like the beard is not a native american trait, but my uncle has it. Like you know, it's not an unusual thing in my family. Yeah. And there's a lot of I think there's um my dad's mom is is uh her parents immigrated from Romania so like you know that region so it's not you know not one thing obviously so Uh, but she was really wanting to go back there she talks about that all the time she loved her trip there so uh, I totally forgot what you said Ace oh Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um but hey, look at us going off track again. That is just us. Um, well, I mean, yeah, Generations Ultimate's a great game. I mean, I don't, I don't blame to quote Paige Wesley uh, in uh, regards to ADHD in the podcaster community, it is aggressively common. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't have ADHD, but I do get sidetracked. Uh, I was diagnosed mom, with mild ADD as a kid, and I would not be surprised if I have still have that or have uh, ADHD and am un- undiagnosed. Mm. It's possible. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't have a lot of problems focusing, I don't think. I could be wrong. I usually... I just could... And I mean, sort of the the case right now i usually need something to fidget with have something to fiddle yeah. with yeah i don't it, it, normally i don't need something but occasionally i do if uh, one thing i like to do like when i was in lectures and stuff in college i would draw while they were lecturing instead of taking notes mm-hmm. but that was just kind of how i remembered things i would look at the drawing and remember what they were talking about versus writing it all down which i found very boring and i would get distracted so mm-hmm. I drew. Um, alrighty. So my, my next one is a very small game. Uh, this is one of the ones I hundred percent, um, but I love it. Uh, Terra Nil. It was up for a mobile game award this year and I didn't know it was a mobile game until they up, put it up for a mobile game award. Um, cause I played it on good old games. Uh, and Terra Nil, it's just the little environmental puzzle game. You start with this like desolate wasteland, this little isometric grid. It's kind of like a city builder, except you're building nature uh, instead of city. Um, so you'll you'll put down these machines. It's a little futuristic. Uh, that, that like you'll have you'll see like waterways and stuff, and you'll you'll make streams by pumping water into the waterway, which makes grass grow. Um, that kind of thing. And you get to fertilize the soil with certain machines. And then, um, 
you go from there, you kind of start with a base of like, okay, so here's fertile land that we can work with. And then you have different machines that pop up different environments like wetlands or grasslands or forest. And certain ones had to be burned. So a forest could only be, uh, could only live if you had burned another, like the, the grass down or something had to be on burned land and then you could pop up a forest and you were trying to balance the different biomes and make certain situations in which, and ultimately the goal was to just, uh, get the, uh, get the area stabilized. So it would take care of itself naturally again, instead of being this nuclear wasteland that you started with Mm -hmm. to bring back life. Um, and then the part of the puzzle of not just getting these things going and getting attracting the various wildlife back to the area, like uh, everything from ducks to deer to fox to bears, um, was reverse engineering yourself back out of it. So you had to figure out how a way to retrieve all your buildings that, that built all this stuff around them and break them down and ultimately get up and leave and leave it a quote-unquote untouched area by man to basically uh, completely erase your footprint. So it was a lot of putting stuff down and then figuring out how to rewind that and keep the situations. Um, And you could, through the various machines, you could control temperature, humidity, um, a lot of other factors to sort of like get the land where it needed to be. It was a very short game. It was very fun. It was very cheap too, um, but it was it was a very interesting game uh, that I went hard on and one hundred percent twice. Like I was just like, this is just fun and enjoyable, and I just want to do it again. Um, and it's just it's got this uh, easy going, nice music. So I just played it uh, when I did, and. It was fun. I really highly suggest this to many people. Uh, I think it's even on your phone. If you just want something to do, play on your phone. It's really great. And it's just about environmentalism and nature. <coughs> Which is something I care about. But I think a lot of people do. And it was just, you know, not really doing anything, like donating or anything before it. But it was just like, I don't know. Made me feel good. That shifts. Nice little clean mm-hmm. game. Fair enough. I hope they make more. I really want to see more of it. It was small. So. I would totally play more of it. I would play a more complex one, too. It was just... It wasn't that it was too simple. It was just, like, that enjoyable that, I, like, I would probably delve into the mechanics that hard. That's true. So, yeah. Terranel. Uh, Ace, your second, uh, second to last one. Uh, that one would be Fallout New Vegas. <gasps> another one. Amazing. Another one that I haven't gotten I too it. far in, but that I have enjoyed uh, yeah. what I have played of it so far and that I want to continue on. Mm-hmm. Very proud of you. I still need to... Uh, <laughs> figure out the VATS system. 
as I'm I wasn't good in it with Fallout Four for the like two or three hours that I played that. And yeah, but New Vegas it it full blown like freezes the game. Fallout Four it just like slows time mm-hmm. with bats. Yeah, it's super slowed. I think in three it fully uh, it does freezes it's... the game too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still need to figure it out. New Vegas has iron sights though as well. Yeah. So you don't have to use vats. Although melee weapons in vats in New Vegas are hilarious. Oh, I'm sure it's like the Skyrim shot. Yeah. Like Yeah. 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 It's on the list of, of get to it eventually. It's still installed. I didn't deinstall it. It's there. Yeah. I just need to uh, just not pop in the backbone and continue playing it because that's what I've been doing. I've been playing it on uh, Game Pass. Yeah. Since I mean, since I was all ready to play a bunch of different things on the Xbox, like uh, Dragon Age Origins, since that won't lock up. Mm-hmm. I just have it because, like, I played Ember Knights and I really wanted to play Hades, so I just been mm-hmm. <laughs> playing that. Um, some other things. Gotcha. Yeah. Ever since, uh, well, I mean, even before that, though, even before we moved the uh, Xbox into Jack's room, I wasn't playing it much in the living room and uh, having it on mobile is a lot easier. So I'll just need to work on finding more time. Maybe uh, instead of watching phones, watching uh, TV shows on my phone, while I'm sleeping in bed with Alex, I can uh, play some of that. Yeah. Well, I almost, almost was like, you know what? Matthew Perry's in the game. I need to go play it. Mm-hmm. Your your dude from Chuck is in there, and you're worried about Matthew Perry? Well, he just recently right. passed away. So. All right, all right. Zachary Levi didn't die, okay? He's doing <laughs> fine in Shazam. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you what, Matthew Perry dies pretty quick in my game every single time, too, so... Fair. Ouch. Fair. Got to get that slick suit. That checkered suit. I mean, zoot suits are the thing. That's they're amazing. <laughs> it has. He also has a really awesome gun, Maria. Oh, it's so good, and you can smuggle it into the casinos because it's a it's a silence. Oh, it's so good. Nice. Yeah. I'll see when I eventually get to Vegas. Maybe three years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. Uh, how far did you get Ace in it? Or just Have you made it to Vegas? Yeah. No. I'm still so I you're, mean, they're, you're in my, I'm still wandering You're in my around. ballpark still then. Oh. Yeah. Like a lost puppy. Go north. Don't go directly north, but nope. go north. I mean, you can go north. It's possible. My dad did it. He he forced himself to do it. <laughs> Cuz we told him not to. That so good you, old contrarian lifestyle. You can. Yep. But like there's a it's solid a 10 hours of content if you go the path they tell you to go. Gotcha. 
Right. Fair enough. Yeah, I was I was on the path they were telling me to go. I just didn't finish it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're just like saved in Boulder City. I'm I'm on the road outside of it, I believe. Yeah. I do remember the last thing playing, getting ambushed by some uh whatever mercs or powder gangers or um the cons. One of the two. I don't remember. If you're in Good Springs, it was Powder Gangers. If you were in Boulder City, it was the cons. Okay, probably the cons. Mm-hmm. Probably. Because Good Springs, I think it was behind me. I think I passed through there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, that was a, that was a Sasha favorite right there. Mm-hmm. New Vegas. Alright. Uh, so Sasha, you're, uh, your next book. Um, all right. So I kind of, I, I picked, I picked two books from the same series and just shoved them into the number two slot because like I had a favorite book in this series, but it wasn't the best book in the series. Um, so I really thought that like, I just was never going to find an author or like a book series or anything that I loved as much as game of Thrones. Um, and I, I, I've, I've kind of found that in the Witcher book series. Like, I think that those are pretty good. Um, But, like, they don't excite me in the same way as Game of Thrones did. And, like, when Game of Thrones was at its peak, it was, like, the most intense lunchroom conversations every single day at work. Like, made work. Like, gave gave me something to be excited about at work. Um, So, what's been happening now is that I have discovered an author who I'm now, like, really obsessed with. And I, I... I think I might. I think I might like this more than Game of Thrones. I don't know, though. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, I've, I've read the entire series of this book, a book series. There are five books so far. It's not done. Um, but the next ser- book isn't out yet. So the right. author is Sarah J. Moss, um, and the book series is A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, and if you're in okay. any kind of book talk or like any type of social media with books, these are like really, really big um, with women. Um, they are they are presented as if they are pure romance. They are not though. They are actual fantasy books um, with fantasy storylines and deep, rich lore. Um, so, so they're trying to attract a quote-unquote female audience with the romance. Yes, um, but okay. like they're it, it's fantasy, and then the I guess that this so I've only read one series by this author. There's two other series by her, and I guess all the things I complained about with this current Court of Thorns of Roses series was that it was like kind of light and fluffy, and like you know she should kill her characters if she really wants to like make a point like be George <laughs> if you want to be Game of Thrones kill your characters so all yeah. the things I've been complaining about apparently I'm going to get it in the next series the Throne of Glass series so it's mm. she it, it goes full Game of Thrones and darker is what I've been told so we'll see but the Court of Thorns and Roses is not actually the number two book on mine it's the second book in the series um, A Court of Mist and uh, a court of missing fury. So it, uh, it is about this girl who is on the brink of starvation. Her family's in poverty. 
I'm not really quite sure what like year it is supposed to be, but it gives like gives the same impression that it's like Midgard, mid like medieval, not not mm-hmm. maybe not medieval, but like somewhere between medieval and like 18th century. But it doesn't really sure. tell you. Her mom is dead. Her dad is in financial ruin, and she's hunting in the woods in the middle of winter and like if she does not find something they will die of starvation right and she finds this like gigantic wolf and she thinks that like maybe it's not a wolf that maybe it is like a like magic because there is magic in their history humans used to be slaves to fae which the fae are not fairies they are elves like legolas is an elf Mm -hmm. um yeah so D and D elves are fae. Yeah. Well. So, um, but like there seems to be a misunderstanding in the, the women reading this book that like they're fairies. They are not fairies. They're elves. Um, but anyway, sure. Um, gotcha. She thinks it might be fae because it is so big and magnificent, but she's like, we are going to die though. So for good measure, she uses her one, um, her one iron arrow and shoots the wolf through the eye, and it it, it is Fay. Um, but she sells its pelt anyway. She takes the meat. Um, her family doesn't die. But then later that night, um, like a Fay a Fay lord comes to the door and is basically like, "You killed one of our own, and now you need to come um, to our side uh, to live out your punishment. Your choice is either death or live your rest of your days in the Fay land." So she chooses mm. to go to the Feyland, thinking that she's going to be like a slave or something. But when she gets there, she finds out that like the Fey, all the Fey lords have been cursed. It's very like Seven Kingdoms, like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So each one of the kingdoms yeah. has a lord, and they have all been cursed by this woman from another country uh, of fairies or elves, and she she set this like beauty and the beast style curse on one of the fae lords that he could break all of this. If he could find a human who has so much hate in her heart for the fae, but make her fall in love with you. So Mm. that's how the first book starts, but then it gets all real political and all that shit with like this woman from the other, like opposing army. Um, They are, they have beef with the current Prithian country of elves because they let the humans go and gave them land. Um, and they think that the humans should all be slaves and they want all their land back. So they go to there's like war between the factions, war within the uh, lords in Prithian, war between Prithian and other countries. There's like seraphim. There's like there's all these magical creatures that are like other old gods that they put in Mm -hmm. the prison because they can't control their power and their death. Some of them are death gods. Some of them are able to manipulate time and space. Like it's just all really awesome, rich fantasy. And yeah, there's like romance peppered in there, but like, that's not even the part that I like. I like all the fantasy shit in there. Yeah. Um, so I like read, I read all five of the books that are out. It was like, they were all, I think the shortest one was like 500 pages. The longest one was like 800 pages. 
Um, yeah. And I'm obsessed with her now. And I started a second series by her, and I didn't start The Throne of Glass. I started another one that's called Crescent City. And I thought that that was going to be steampunk. But then when I get into it, I'm like, no, this is sexy Diablo. <laughs> so they're like, they're like, there's some northern gate that hell has opened up and demons and things are all spilling into. And now like humans are all a part of the same world as all these different magical beings. And they all have different houses like Morrowind <laughs> and... Yeah, I'm like, this is sexy Diablo. So Okay. I'm uh I'm gonna get through those before I get to the Throne of Glass series, but I just feel like my whole my whole reading list is gonna be this author, Sarah J. Moss. And I don't want it to be my whole personality, but like I think it's gonna happen. You can't help it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna happen. Okay. Your path has been chosen. Yeah, it's a canon event, uh, reading A Court of Thorns and Roses. Like Sometimes so. sometimes it's okay to just like something that you think you're not like like that's not me. And then you're like, No, it was. Like, yeah. When, that that is how I felt because I, I was like, I'm not gonna read this romance book, but I'm like, I can't stop thinking about these fucking <laughs> fairies. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was younger, there was two things that I resisted getting into because everyone just thought because I was a nerd that I was going to be into them. And I had never really cared. One of them was dragons. The other thing was Star Wars. <laughs> and both of those things I love today because I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I like it. Mm -hmm. like, as a kid, I would like, I don't like dragons. Dragons are stupid. Like, like, I mean, now I've written several articles. In, I think twelve of the seventy-two articles are about dragons. So yeah, I like dragons now. <laughs> so I get where you're coming from. It's just like, yeah, it's just, you just gotta accept it sometimes. <laughs> I can't help it. It's just so good. And then like, it also is exciting because. A lot of people are reading it at work because it's popular on Book Talk right now. So, like, yeah, I get to work. It's, and, it's good to be part of a community. And one of my staff will just derail me. They'll be like, so this is where I got in the books. And I'm like, all right, full stop. We're going to push supervision back 15 minutes because we got to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I kind of get I mean, I don't have like a big work community. It's just me and my brother and my dad. But when Chance and I are playing a game together, it's like, okay, so what did you do? Like, I do, I do get that experience with Chauncey occasionally. Chauncey is more into the anime stuff right now and, in general. So, like, I don't really get to connect. But when we have a game that we're playing together, when we've been playing Ember Nights recently, we're like, okay, so I did this run, and here's what happened. And it's like, holy cow, how did you do that? And yada, yada, yada. It was pretty good. So I... I I like that for you. I like that you have that with uh, with this book series. It sounds fun. I have no suggestions in that in that genre other than Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't read a lot of books. I mean, I did like a. It was like a trilogy called The Hungering Saga, and that was like 
I'm gonna say though, it was very juvenile in it, its writing, but it was okay. It was like werewolves, but you became a werewolf by eating a werewolf. Interesting. It was very weird. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, okay. So the name of that was complicated. So it was Song of what? Oh, um, yeah. So the book series is a Court of Thorns and Roses, but the one that I liked the best was the second the series okay yeah cool so the final one for me tonight my number six video game is Coromon and Coromon is the Pokemon knockoff Mm -hmm. that I played this year now most of the time I play these Pokemon knockoffs and it's mostly that I want to play another Pokemon game but I want to see improvements and do something different and not be so stuck to the rules. And then I come back and I'm like, Pokemon is still infinitely better because they did this, 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 and it's more complex and it's had more time to flesh things out. Coromon is the closest. I still like Pokemon more. Coromon is very well thought out. It It has this thing of... Any one of the monsters feels like they are viable, which is a problem I have with Pokemon is that you could look at a cool monster and be like, it's not viable. Just not a thing. Like, it's not a good Pokemon. It's not going to do shit. It may look cool. They look cute. Whatever. It sucks. Right? Like, and this happens to me a lot in Pokemon where I'm just like, but what am I? That's why I started being Bug Trainer Cham. Just lean into it. Just like, just do something stupid and have fun with the game. Coromon, I gave it like a good old, come at it with no information, do this game, and it was really fun. It has a mana system that is instead of like the PP stuff that Pokemon does, that every fight, all of it's replenished. You don't have to worry about like that kind of stuff, which is something that, that Pokemon is fine. But I'm like, eventually he's like, okay, I got to go back. Because if you're grinding, it makes it like nothing's hurting me, but I got to go back because I ran out of moves. So I got to go back and do this. And this didn't have that problem. Um, it was kind of interesting that the shiny system was tied to the strength of the monster. So you had Coromon, then you had the the behind the scenes of Pokemon. It's like the best version of the stats they can find are the IVs. And then you had potent Coromon, which had good IVs, like a decent amount of good stats. And then you had perfect ones, uh, which were just perfect IV Pokemon equivalent. And they actually were visually different. Um... So it was actually kind of cool to, to find a potent one in the wild and be like, nope, I'm playing with that one. So it actually made me, to a degree, now if you like really searched, you could probably find at least a potent of any one of them without too much work. And you could build whatever team you want. But it did something that Pokemon doesn't. And it, it actually kind of made me experiment with different ones instead of sticking with one since the beginning. You know what I mean? Like... I, I wasn't I wasn't a thousand percent invested 
and just this team, this game was a very good job of like experiment, try new ones, try, you know, try different things. Um, I will say the story is whatever. It, I mean, that's the same with Pokemon for me. Not super interesting. I read it like I, you know, I, I allowed the story to happen. I did not skip through it, but I'm not really any better or better or worse for having listened to the story. I don't remember much of it. Um, it wasn't like in Pokemon where you're chasing legendaries and those are the best ones. Like, not a thing in this one, which I really enjoy. And it was just, but the problem is, and and I, like I said, I really enjoyed the game, and it's my number six of the year. Um, it's still not going to stack out to Pokemon. I'm not going to tell you that this, go play this because it's better. However, if you like Pokemon and you're feeling like you want to play some Pokemon, but you're bored of what you got, this is a very good alternative for a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so. It's not super long. It's really quick. It's really fun. It's got a lot of Pokemon-like systems in it. And there you go. Oh, I do like how uh, modern Pokemon do this, where you can remember moves and don't have to interact with some sort of special trainer. You just do it yourself. Uh, this one was very easy to switch out moves if you wanted to experiment the same way. You literally toggled them. It was like a, like a list. It was like, button on for this move, button on for this move, and button on for this move. Like... It's like picking really, your spells. Nice. Yeah, it was yeah. really easy. Um, the types are weird. I'll say that. It's not like your normal Pokemon where it's like fire, water, and grass. Like, there's some crossover. There's fire. There's water. These starters aren't fire, water, and grass, though. They're fire, water, and ice. Fire's good against ice. Ice's good against water. Water's good against fire. Nice. Stuff like that. Um, the quote-unquote ground type uh, was some sand, I think. Sand was like uh, the thing. There's a beast type. They're just like, I'm just a beast kind of thing. They were good against normals. Uh, normals sucked as usual. Um... That's one thing I think Pokemon needs to get a, do is make normal Pokemon interesting or do something with them. Mm -hmm. Like, give me a reason to like a normal type. Like, I don't know. And this game didn't fix that either. Um, they didn't have like a, they had a, like a ghost type equivalent, but they, I think it was dark or something like that. I don't know. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. There were some cool designs. Like I had this wolf that had like a, a a moon floating around it that it used as a boomerang. Um, you have this giant terrifying mole thing. It was like a snake mole. Uh, was one of the sand types that I used for a while, uh, which I eventually replaced with a very hey no, you are not getting to that. You ravenous puppy, sit down. Anyways. Um, it was, there's not a lot to say. If you know Pokemon, it's like Pokemon, mm -hmm. right? And it was a very, it was probably the most solid entry in the Pokemon genre without it being Pokemon. 
So I, I highly suggest it. It's it's on Steam. It's on Good Old Games. It's on Switch. I'm pretty sure it's on PlayStation and Xbox as well. Like it's, and it wasn't very expensive. It was twenty bucks or something. Yeah. Like pretty good game. Nice. But I'm done with it. So <laughs> fair enough. So uh, Ace, your your final one tonight. My uh, final one for tonight is actually two. Okay. Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, the classic versions. Mm, okay. In preparation for the remake coming out, I played uh, the first game. And then uh, a little a couple months ago, I started up Dead Space 2 as well. So. Yeah. I've been replaying through. That's the one with the eye. Oh, yeah. The eye scene. Never played it, but I've seen that eye scene, and that was uncomfortable when I watched it the first Cross time. Cross your heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in your eye. No, thank you. <laughs> it is. That is a scene. Mm-hmm. That happens. I'm not sure that I want to watch that scene. I don't know. I don't get grossed out really easily, but a couple things get to me, and I think that's one of they them. They really had a thing for eyes in that game, because Ellie also gets her one of her eyes gouged out oh, by yeah. a screw, screwdriver. I mean, if you're going to go for body hoarder, you might as well mm-hmm. like swing for the fences. There was, um, it's been about watching Supernatural, there was the Bloody Mary episode where people's eyes were exploding. Uh, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's not what I remember, but okay. Oh, I can't remember if it's in the first season. Have you seen Bugs yet? Uh, where they were cursed by a Native American <laughs> tribe for building development on their land, so the bunch of bugs came and killed people. Yeah, I think it's literally the latest episode I've watched. What'd you think of it? pretty pretty generic thing i mean it was gross like the bugs killing them stuff but like that's like you you the whole you built on our land concept is not really a thing for native americans we didn't feel like we owned the land in any way so mm-hmm. it's a very colonist point of view shoved onto natives but see that's a a more nuanced and critical take. A lot of people hate that episode in the fandom. Uh, yeah. Think more I mean, so. It wasn't particularly interesting. Yeah, mainly that. Not the uh, indigenous aspect of it. Right. Yeah, I didn't really take offense. I mean, how am I going to take offense to that? It's in like 30 different movies. Am I going to get mad about all those different movies? Mm. Like, no. Yeah. But mainly be the only gripe that I have with it is that's just sort of a generic trope of the first yeah. tribal land. Yes. Yeah. The only one that I would find interesting if they did something with would maybe something up a Montezuma's revenge, but they're not going to Mexico. Mm. This is not, this is not how the show goes. 
So we'll see. We'll see if I keep watching it or finding time to watch it. Because you should. Got other things to watch too. You should. It's a fun show. I'm not disinterested enough that I've stopped. I just I haven't been able to watch it with the kids here yet. <clears throat> Cece was, gosh, I was up till four with her last night a couple times. Oh. Because she just could not sleep from the coughing. Uh. So it was a, and then the night before, before I got them, I was up till five or six in the morning because my sinus thing, which is mostly gone now, uh, that's when it all finally started to release and get drainy and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't stop coughing all night. Like I didn't get to, I fell asleep a couple times. So I maybe got two or three hours of sleep that night. And then I just like screw it at six in the morning and I just started uh, playing Hades until like it was like 9 a.m. And then I was like, sick day. I cannot do anything. So I slept till one and then went and got the girls. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So I haven't been able to watch too much of it, but I did watch a lot of Supernatural when I couldn't go to sleep. So that's where most of my watching came from is that night so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Dead Space, uh, which is where we were at. Cannot believe I remembered that. But Dead Space 1 and 2, uh, they are on Game Pass. I know that. I have seen mm -hmm. them. So if people want to pick it up. I'm, pro I'm probably going to play the remake and, and stick with that for now. Um it is on my list of the next thing to play on the Xbox, uh, even though I haven't taken the time. Uh, I blame Hades, but uh, it is next. And then I think if, if I finish that, uh, I'll probably be doing Dragon Age Origins uh, on the Xbox. Gotcha. Excited for you. Me too. I just need the time and the drive to sit there with the controller and play. I've been on the computer mostly playing stuff lately. One of those things, I just don't feel like sitting in front of the TV, so I sit in front of the computer, and then one day I'll want to switch and be in front of the TV and not the computer. Yeah. Who knows? There's always a game somewhere. That's good tagline. It's always a game somewhere. Um, anything to say more about Dead Space? I know you you love them, so. I mean, genre-changing horror games. Definitely, uh. Yeah. A recommendation to everyone. I've got a tattoo. I liked it that much. So, and I want to expand yep. it eventually. But, you know, financials I prioritize towards uh, the family. Yeah. Tattoos I heard can be expensive. I don't have any, but I heard they can be. Yeah. These are the only two I have, and they were both about 100. So, Uh, a lot of games that I could have bought. Yeah. That's that's my problem. Is people are like, oh, you could get a tattoo. Or I could pick up these three games instead. I think I'll do that. Or in the context of now in my current hyperfixation, a couple multi-tools I could have bought. True. Very true. Yeah. 
that was another thing. Like when I was, a, I realized very early as a kid, as I, you know, I had some family members that smoked and they were like, oh, I don't smoke cause it's so expensive. And I was like, cool. Got it. Mm-hmm. If I want money, don't smoke. Still see that today. <laughs> Alrighty, Sasha. So what's the final book you have tonight? All right. The last one is one of the weirdest books I read, and it was pretty gross for some of it, but it, I loved it. And I didn't, I've never, I haven't actually ever read anything like this before. So I went to Barnes and Noble with the intention to buy a book called Bunny, um, which is like a dark academia kind of horror adjacent book they didn't have that okay but what they did have was a book called cursed bunny (laughs) in the horror section and it's by bora chung who i'd never heard of um she's a korean i think she's a south korean author um okay cursed bunny is a book of short stories and I'm not even sure that horror was the right shelf for it to be on, but it was like gross as fuck. And I think it's probably why it's on the horror shelf. Um, there's some horror sure. stories in there. There's some science fiction stories in there. There's some just like weird, surreal, like almost dark takes on folk stories in there. Um, so there's 10 stories okay. in Cursed Bunny. And there were quite a few in there that really, really stuck with me. Um, so there's one called the head and the head is about a woman who has a being living in her toilet. Um, that's made of her own shit and it Hmm. keeps calling her mother. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't okay. want to like say anything else about it because it it goes it it, it goes there. Um, it, it it's really interesting. Um, there's another one in there about um, this really greedy man who finds a fox caught in a snare and the fox is bleeding gold, and so he decides to keep the fox prisoner and continue to bleed it. Um, it's like a story about greed and, um, there's, oh, there's, there were quite a few in there that were really, really interesting. Um, so the title one is about, um, this lamp that's shaped like a bunny and it curses, a like a wealthy CEO and his family. Um, but yeah, so like every single one of them were, darkly funny almost um i laughed out loud a few times reading it not not the gold fox blood one that one was not funny um but it was every single one has like a you feel very satisfied with the endings of every story and to give it um some type of a relation to like an american author it felt very much like reading harlan ellison um, like fifties and sixties pulpy sci-fi. Um, oh, sure. Short stories. Okay. So, 
I loved it. I started, I read, actually read a second um, book from South Korea this past year as well because I liked Cursed Bunny so much. Because uh, I felt like I stepped outside of what I typically read and sure. was more than pleasantly surprised. I Because I do really like short stories, but like I tend to read like Shirley Jackson um, type short stories or like horror compilations or like the best of sci-fi short stories of this year i've not read anything like from another country like like another country in another culture like this before um yeah so i can't i i i really think that anybody who likes sci-fi especially would enjoy this book i've been uh, i actually one of my technicians has this book from me and i've been waiting to get it back because somebody else wants to borrow it. But I loved it. Mm. I loved it. And I want to find more by this author as well. I think she's got one more thing that's been translated into English. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Sounds up your alley because <laughs> that is not my thing. Yeah. I do not do horror. I do not. I mean, I don't even like to do sci-fi. Like... Hard, now, I will say that Hard Luck Hank is sci-fi. It is sci-fi comedy, but that's an anomaly for me. Like, that is not the usual thing for me. Um, it's absurdness is really what gets me with that one. Because it's like, well, they do things like, one thing I hate about sci-fi a lot of time is like, they all can communicate with like, English half the time. That's like the Star Trek problem for me. They're wearing a translator. Their badge is a translator. It really glossed over and it does not feel <laughs> like how do you have whatever. It wouldn't even work. Um, like it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but like so I don't like things like that because it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. But th this this one is like no totally. Um no one can understand each other because uh, it just, or they talk about a society where everyone speaks the same language, but it's such a mess that like you have to have translators for the same language. Cause it's so varied on dialects and stuff. Um, stuff like that, where it explains it. I feel like it does an okay job, but they do it for comedic effect too. Like, there's even things like where I don't like where everyone's essentially a humanoid uh, in a lot of these things. And one of the one of the things uh, in Hard Luck Hank, his his name, I don't remember his name right now, but he's a Kilvin Kamegan as his race. And they're literally like a ball of plasma and they can't talk or do anything unless they possess an electronic. So he's a cab driver that has possessed a cab and talks through the car radio and stuff. And I just, I don't He's know. He's like, was, what is that? Isn't there a Pokemon like that? <laughs> Rotom. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's a Rotom. Yeah. He's a set. Well, he, yes, he's a, he's a, he's a gaseous Rotom. Yeah. <laughs> he's an electrical cloud. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I get hung up on stupid things and it gets in the way. I mean, you've seen that with Harry Potter, like how they got certain monsters wrong. I and get like, it. Nope, I, I feel that way about the basilisk. 
Yeah, yeah, it was the big one for me with the Basilisk. It was just terrible. So, and sci-fi does that to me all sorts of ways. Like, just like, nope, that doesn't make sense to me. Out. And Star Trek is one of them. I, I kind of put it aside when I when I really gave Next Generation a try, and like Episode Two, like is is magical space wizard guy. I can't remember his name right. Q. Like Episode One or Two is Q immediately, and I'm like, this is insane. Q is an acquired taste. Yeah. I eventually became okay with him. He's better than Worf's son. I will say that. Q He's is way better than Q is the most entertaining in um when he's interacting with uh Janeway. Cuz yeah. he's he's like lusty for Janeway. Like he's lusty for Picard too, but he's Mhm. Janeway and Q have chemistry. Maybe feel like Janeway has chemistry with a lot of people, though. Not really. Not really. You'd you'd know more than me. No, no, she doesn't. No. (laughs) Look, like, she's away from her man. They would go through the wormhole. Like, they're on their way home. It gets lonely. Yeah. Okay. Just let her let her hair down, okay? <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying. There's a lot of chemistry going on. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay. So that what, that was, what was it called? It's called Cursed Bunny. Bunny. Cursed, Cursed Bunny, Bunny by Bora Chung. Cursed Bunny. Yeah, I won't be looking at that one. However, Slewfoot. Yes. Slewfoot is good. Really good. Um, so I kind of sound, I don't know. I kind of feel like I was like not as hyped about my list when I was talking about it. Trust me. I really enjoy these games today. However, the top five is extremely competitive for me. So (laughs) next week I'm probably going to delve even more into that. And you guys have games for your top five at least too. Yes. Uh, not that he did. I did enjoy hearing about the books though. Uh, It's not that I didn't enjoy that. And Ace, you you had a lot of games you had already played, of course, so it wasn't a lot new to talk about, which is fair. I feel like you and I are going to have at least one overlap, I would think. We'll see. uh, Next week. Sasha and I know. I don't think. I don't think. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe one. Maybe one. We're going to have one. You're we're like, gonna no, have. We are. Yeah, we are. Four. We're gonna have okay. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I, I would. I would say overall, in summary, um, while 2023 was a very personally difficult year for a lot of people, myself included, through various things I've had to go through. Really great year for gaming. That's not even close like even the media has been saying like the video game media has been like 2023 has got to be one of the best years uh of gaming because so many good games came out um but you'll see uh one of those games that i keep seeing pop up on other people's lists is going to be my dishonorable mention next week so fair enough we'll see about that so uh yeah (laughs) 
And now I have so many I have this feeling like (laughs) my dishonorable mention or my honorable mention is in your top five and your dishonorable mention is in my top five. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that my dishonorable mention is not something you played. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Oh, wait, I no. I know. I know what your dishonorable mention is. It's the game you traded in. Yeah, it should. Yeah, it should be. It should be pretty obvious because it was like the first game where I was like, nope. I hate this. Yep. I am out. I am out. Howdy 5000. Goodbye. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, it was uh, I think it was a good first split. Um, supposedly, the Bickering Bucks are going to be doing this with me as well. Uh, like we did last year. However, we haven't recorded but once since uh, we did the game of the year stuff. I don't even remember what the game was. Uh, I could look it up easily, but you know, like supposedly they're going to be back, and I'm going to and listeners, you might hear me talk about these top ten again. Um, and uh, not that not that um, you guys are disinterested in what I was talking about today, but you guys have all heard me talk about all of these games already this year. So it's not new information to you two when I'm talking about High on Life. I was recently talking about that. I talked about Terra Nil when I played it. I talked about Coromon when I played it. Like, not a lot new to say to you, you two, but or even the audience. So it's kind of kind of light. But I do want to try to delve into why I enjoyed my top five a lot more next week. And I'm sure you guys will, too. You know, you've got I'm sure you got plenty to say. I just kind of felt like we rushed through them a little bit today, except for the books. I did. You did have something interesting to say on the books. And I think with Ace, I think the case with his is we, we he's played these games inside and out. Not, we know how much he loves Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The remake may or may like not be game. on the uh, list for next week. I'm fully expecting it to be on the list for next week. If I if it's not, I will be thoroughly surprised. Flabbergasted. Flabbergasted, if you will, yes. Flibber jabbered. Okay. Um, Flibber jabbered. Uh, so uh, obviously next week we're going to continue this. We're going to do our five through one uh, of games of the year. Um, no more books this time, which is not bad. I'm just saying Sasha actually has games that she can talk yep. about instead of having uh, books. Not that that's bad, just that didn't play enough because you played all the long games. <laughs> I did. I did. I played long games and short games. I mean, most of the ones that, all of the ones that I put on to the, like the top 10 to 6 are fairly short. I finished within a couple weeks, all of them. Like, none of them were multi month endeavors. Meanwhile, one game exactly uh, on my tomorrow's uh, or next time's list was under two months of me playing it. So that probably says something. All right. Well, I don't have much else to say. Um, My nose is also starting to run a bit, so (laughs) probably should get going. (laughs) So uh, thanks 
Thanks, guys, for sharing. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to catch us at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter. Join the Discord. Have fun. Talk about games. And we'll see you next time. Peace out, Girl Scout. Bye.